The Gospel according to Matthew 11:16 to 19 and 25 to 30. Jesus said to the crowd, To what will I compare this generation? It is like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling to one another, We played the flute for you and you did not dance. We wailed and you did not mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking, but they say he has a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, Look, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Yet wisdom is vindicated by her deeds. At that time, Jesus said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the intelligent, and have revealed them to infants, yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him, come to me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Come unto me, all who are weary and burdened, I will give you rest. This verse is something that lingers in my mind always. In India, in most of the churches, I've seen either this verse is on the walls of the church or on the compound wall of the church. To my little brain, when I read this verse or see this verse, come to me all those who are weary and burdened, I will give you rest, I think and connect, okay, Sunday is a rest day. And when God says, I will give you rest, we are supposed to be sitting in the churches and God is going to give us rest, peace, and we can put all our cares of the world on him. But the hinge, the link that we are missing here is, all Come to me, all those who are weary and tired, I will give you rest. Take my yoke and learn from me. It is light and easy. I am gentle and I am humble. So the yoke part we miss and we try to focus on the rest. Both yoke and rest are important, but at the same time, we tend to focus on rest and leave off the yoke. What is this yoke God is talking us to take and learn? And what is the yoke as human beings that we are carrying and keeping God aside? I want to focus a bit today on the readings from today. The yoke, according to biblical understanding, the first meaning is, we all know, a wooden beam that is put on the animals so that they can drag, pull heavy loads. 
The second meaning of yoke is in the Old Testament and even in the New Testament context, when rabbis teach to their disciples or to students the law, the Torah, or the codified things, they call it as yoke. The third meaning for this yoke is the relationship between the master and the disciple is called the yoke, which means the master balances the yoke between the disciple and the master. So these three are the meanings that we find in the biblical perspective and to connect it to the readings and see what exactly is the yoke in these readings and what kind of rest Jesus is offering us today. The Old Testament reading is a familiar story of uh, Eliezer, the servant of Abraham, going to find wife to Abraham's son, Isaac. It is interesting, if you go back and read some of the verses there, Abraham makes sure that his servant gets a wife for his son from his hometown, to say from his own place, from his relatives. So he makes his servant to swear under his thigh, he'll put his hand and he'll make him swear that you have to get a wife only from that place and not from anywhere. And this servant, Eliezer, is setting out his journey to find wife for Isaac. He is under this tremendous pressure. Promise, those days, it's not easy. Not as we think of a pinky promise, which it's like this, and if you break a promise, you can break each other pinkies. It is not that kind of promise we are talking here. Promise is something you live to that word, be faithful, try to fulfill. And this servant, all his way, he's just preparing, praying, and waiting on the Lord to show him and give him success to find the right girl for Isaac. The yoke here the servant is carrying is the promise. It is not that easy when we talk about promise, especially when it comes to Old Testament context. It is God promises and it is done. And when you receive something, it is fulfilled. In India, here in American context, it is pinky promise. In India, when, when somebody says, okay, say promise, Okay, I try to do promise, but the next question would be, you have to make promise on your mother. So it is really strong. When you promise on your parents, you, you don't want anything to happen to them, right? So you try to just do, keep up the word, whatever you have uh, promised for. So here, Eliezer, the servant, is under the tremendous stress and because he has to uh, fulfill the promise what he has given to his master, Abraham. So all his way, he has been praying to God, saying, give me success. Be faithful as you are to, your, to Abraham. Be faithful as you are to my master, Abraham, and show your steadfast love. And I like the approach 
Abra uh, the servant is taking here, of course he has the treasure and the burden and the load he is carrying, but he is preparing by praying and waiting on the Lord to show the sign. So when he reaches that place, he says, he says to himself, Lord, you show me a sign. Whoever comes first, comes here, and offers water not just to me, but even to my camels, then it is determined that she is the girl for Isaac. So he's asking for a sign, he's praying, he's communicating to God, even under that load of burden or yoke, whatever he's carrying, to show steadfast love. And Rebecca comes, offers water to him and to the camels, and then he gives, him, gives her some ornaments, finds out like where she stays, and he figures that she is actually related to Abraham family. And he's so overjoyed because his journey was a success because God had shown his steadfast love to master and to his servant and to the entire household. And both the servant Eliezer and Rebekah, they made this happen with that gentleness, mutually doing the actions that is required for God to sometimes show that kind of steadfast love. So the yoke of promise is being rested with steadfast love of God. Rest, the biblical meaning is to pause, is to stop. Whatever stress we are going through, whatever load or burden we are just, which is pulling us down, it is time, even in our busy schedules, we have to stop, give some time for God to act in our lives. The yoke of promise, just because he waited on God, he pauses and paused and just waited for God to respond, Eliezer was able to see the happening or finding Rebecca the correct match or fit for Isaac. The second reading is, I want to talk from uh, gospel today, from chapter 11, where Jesus is telling, come to me. It's an open invitation to everyone to come to him and I will give you rest. The context there we see here is, Israelites were tremendously burdened or uh, loaded with this ceremonial loss. Too much of laws, rules, and regulations. For everything they have to follow rituals, for everything there is tradition. If you miss something, then immediately, like a, as an antidote, immediately they have to come up with some remedy. Uh, some kind of atonement. So people, were, people are really burdened with this kind of laws. If there are 10 commandments, these rabbis will make it into 250 commandments. It is amendments are codified. So people are just, you know, done with the laws there. So the yoke they're carrying here is the traditions, the, the laws, the norms, the rules of the society, and the rest Jesus is giving here is the grace, the grace. 
Many people don't like to come to church because they find too many restrictions or rules or being judgmental. And we have seen in this COVID times how the ordinary places have become a sacred place, how, the, how our houses has become the churches. So God can change situations, scenarios, everything upside down. How human beings look at things and say this is correct, God can reverse thing to other side. So people were so walked with this loss, to ceremonial loss, and they're carrying that yoke, and God here is telling them, come to me, I will give you the rest of grace. Just pause, don't be just overloaded with that kind of stuff, but just come to me, I will give you rest, the rest of grace. Whatever we do at the end of day, even in our, in our daily uh, life, we need grace. We need that amazing grace that keeps us going uh, from the cares of the world, some, from the burdens of the world. Whatever is keeping us away from God, the grace of God will make sure that we come back to him and he's going to make our yoke easy. The third reading, especially from Romans 7, 15 to 25 verses. This is my most favorite verse. Whenever I do some mistakes, I go back to that and say, oh, even Paul said this, so it's okay even if I do the same mistake. Paul says in, seven, in, in verse 15, chapter seven, he says, I do not understand my own actions. I do not want to do what I don't want to do but still I do the same thing which I hate. I do some things which I don't want to do. When someone asks me, why did you do that? I have no answer. What is making us to do what we do not want to do? Paul here is brutally honest with himself, saying that he has that conflict within himself, conflict with the flesh and God. He wanted to lead a godly life, yet the flesh is getting succumbed to the flesh, to the temptations, and to the world. Sin is not something that you did something bad last time. Sin is bigger, it is cosmic, it is grand. First comes the dominion of sin, and then comes sins committed. Paul Tillich, American-German theologian of 20th century talks about trifold estrangement, that is separation. When you commit sin, who is in charge of you? Because you're already separated from God. You are in charge yourself. When you are in charge of yourself, you try to hurt people. You try to act cruelly. You try to behave differently. Because you're not just cut off from God, you're cut off from yourself and from the neighbors. This is what Paul Tillich is talking about, the trifold estrangement. So this is sin. So if you do something, if it is cutting you off from your 
from yourself, your neighbors, and from God, then probably you have to retreat yourself, get back to God, and seek his pardon. The yoke of enslavement to sin. This is what the humanity is carrying on their backs in the current world. And the rest God is giving us here is grace. The pardon. He's giving us the pardon. Paul says, I'm crucified to cross.